Hello, and welcome to Engineering Perspectives, a podcast that explores different aspects of working on a software engineering team. You're tuning into the second half of the interviewing episode, and in this part, we discuss interviews that people enjoyed and why. My favorite part of this discussion was the idea of exposing candidates to the actual code base that they'd be working in as a part of the interview. I know this isn't always possible, but it's a really cool idea um, and definitely one I'll be thinking about in the future. Anyways, let's jump in to part two. Do we want to more explicitly talk about, you know, some good experiences that people had, what made them good, and yeah, what what we can learn from that? Uh, yeah, I was going to harken back to, like I mentioned, I had a good experience interviewing a company a few years ago with some with a group of engineers. And this is kind of goes back to Randall's point that we've talked about earlier too, is when we interview, I really like the conversational format where there's they're open, transparent. The, they were they weren't trying to like give me a gotcha question of like, you know, um, there was just a real assessment of my knowledge. It was real assessment of like who I was as a person. You know, like passionate about what I did. It wasn't all technical. It was all it was you know a real assessment of would I be a good fit for the team? Would I be a good fit knowledge wise? What skills do they have to bring, etc. And so I I really enjoyed talking with these engineers at the time. So uh, I don't know if anyone has any other experiences there, but I just, I've enjoyed that a lot. Um, My first interview uh, for an interview process that took like six months and I interviewed like 10 times or something. uh, The very first interview was totally conversational, no technical questions, um, 100% like team fit type questions and stuff, which I know a lot of um, people sort of save that stuff to the end and I can understand um, why, but I think, one of the benefits and why I really enjoyed that was, for one thing, I got to know the person that I was eventually going to work for, um, but also it put my it put me at ease because it felt like I, I, you know, it wasn't so, I was expecting it to be very, like, difficult and just, like, demanding and stuff in the interview process, which eventually it was when we got to the technical part, but I was already so comfortable with the interviewer by the time we got to the technical stuff that I felt super comfortable then. Um, and I think that can be one of the benefits of, like, having a conversational type uh, um, interview at the beginning of the process versus at the end, you're basically ready to hire the person and you're just checking for team fit at that point. So I, I have never experienced this myself, but Rick just mentioned something that I think could be a game changer. Uh, and maybe there are companies that do this. <clears throat> um, well, I, I guess there are companies that have open source, but anyway, could be a game changer in terms of the interview processes. You know, I, I always say, you know, this is a, as much about the candidate interviewing the company as the company is interviewing the candidate, but I have yet to ever offer up code for, uh, to a candidate. Like, hey, look, this is the kind of stuff we do, but how amazing would that be? And I think that could have so many ramifications. So I think that's such a great idea, Rick, um, yeah. to think about in, in an interview, show your code, because you're asking for the candidate to show, show you theirs. Yeah, it's just I th- I had this like it's kind of inspired from a previous mentor of mine. Um, he would I mean he had the idea a long time ago, but anyway, long story short, um, I it's a good way of saying like look you're gonna sit here and code for how many hours or whatever for your coding challenge um, if you have one and you kind of like look here's how our was here's what our I mean obviously you don't want to show like you know any PI or anything you would be sensitive but you could. I think it's worth showing like, here's our result of our coding. And we should, we've talked about this, I think in our previous podcast a little bit, but the, 
idea of like making our how we our code is an expression of like our team and we want it to be readable and it should be almost like beautiful to look at and so hopefully we're not afraid to have to show it off to people you know and i think i think it can benefit you just to see how the candidate reacts to that like i really like this a lot like everyone's saying um because they can you can also see like how your candidate might be able to improve your code which i think is good too you know you should be looking for people that can help you you grow as well um and if you get a candidate that can analyze your code and say you know like this is this is what i would do or i like how you're doing this and stuff you can get an idea of how they might do in prs for example you know or um what kind of feedback they might be able to give you um <laughs> yeah uh i i'm totally i i love the idea and i've also never thought about it of like showing your code but um i guess we did have one example of this um in a testing interview recently where we showed some of our uh testing code um or an example that was similar to our testing code and um we actually got the opposite effect which was still good but basically the person really really struggled in this part of the code and it kind of gave us an idea of like how they would be on the job you know yeah, I like. Um, I agree with what's been said. The um, tool that I've really gravitated towards recently is CoderPad, which is like this asynchronous. Well, not it is synchronous actually. So you you share. You don't even have to share screens, but you can see each other's typing in this code sandbox, basically in this basically real time IDE environment where they're writing code. You can see what they're writing, and then you can write code as well. And you can sort of like this is part of the thing that makes candidates feel more comfortable too. Sometimes I think is where I'll like maybe give hints or sort of like starting points and whatever. It's not as in depth as like what a production code system may be and sort of like an, an actual asynchronous coding test, which I really like those. But I think, I don't know, tools like CoderPad help a lot. I'm a big fan of that because um, I think like whiteboard coding is hard for some people. Um, even people who are really good engineers, you know, like sometimes struggle with the whiteboard coding because you don't have any like muscle memory type practice. Like when you're typing code, uh, you sort of can eventually type code without really thinking about it, if you guys know what I'm talking about. But like when you're writing it on the board, you feel, I feel like you have to think about it more and um, it doesn't feel as natural and it can make you feel uncomfortable. Like I've personally had that experience um, as a candidate. Uh, whereas if I was typing, actually, uh, I would feel a lot more comfortable because that's how you actually write code, you know? Yeah, when I'm on a whiteboard, I can't do command space or control space. Yeah, there's no type <laughs> in Like, it's like, you know, and, and I don't, obviously, we shouldn't feel like we're crutching on those things, but you just get used to them and um, you feel more comfortable when you're writing code in an I. Yeah, I think it, even that goes back. If you're asking a whiteboard problem, in, in my experience, a lot of um, people who do it right, they're usually like, don't worry about, you know, getting every single syntax right. Um, don't worry about doing the right thing or, or they'll help you out if there's something missing. And they're just looking for you to be able to do the algorithm, which is fine. But I've, there have been a couple of times where they're like, you know, I, I'm going to write this down and see if it compiles. Like, why, when have you had to code on a whiteboard <laughs> like, yeah. in your life um, on the job? Like what, what are- Interviews, only interviews. <laughs> yeah, like what, what is the point of this? Maybe there is a point, you know, I, I don't know it, but what is the point of this? If they expect the uh, your whiteboard code to compile, you should say, yeah, write the compiler up here on the whiteboard. Let's try. <laughs> That's amazing. Now we're talking. <laughs> I mean, I think whiteboard interviews just started because like, 
you know, there hasn't always been these exist. like shared yeah. IDEs that you can, you know, do this fancy like pair programming stuff with. Yep. Um, or like, you know, it wouldn't be typical for an interviewer to like have a laptop and stuff. So, I mean, I think it just was a necessity more than this is the best way to do it. And that's so there, there was another question, and maybe we'll, I don't know where this will go. Um, but I recently read something online <clears throat> candidate, a candidate really being against coding challenges. And I just wanted to ask you guys, what, what do you all think about coding challenges? So I think like, no matter what, you're going to have to write code in a, in a coding interview. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think that's pretty straightforward, but like, I do understand some people not liking the specific like challenge format where you have a certain amount of time and you have a certain amount of test cases that have to pass and um, all that stuff. Like, I definitely see the benefit in those, but um, I think like there's just there are just people who aren't as good at test taking or feel a lot more anxiety during tests, um, and that can creep in and affect them in a way that wouldn't necessarily affect them on the job. Um, and so like see people missing out on good candidates sometimes, but I don't think you're going to be able to get away from um, writing code. Yes, totally agree. And I think the setting may be the biggest. Like what I've enjoyed, and I think what's helped in more recent interviews I've done is the, the asynchronous coding challenge where it's like, here's an assignment, do it, sub, submit it in your own time. You know, you don't have to do it live in front of us, which hopefully gets rid of that anxiety, but then still allows you to assess the person's skill levels. That is what I really, really enjoy that, that part of it. And it's fun to go over their solution. Like, here's your solution. Let's talk about it. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Like, I love that part of it. But I like, you got to do a, a coding assessment. Here's the funny thing. I have given coding assessments where candidates did extremely well on challenging things and then couldn't actually code on the job. And I've, I've seen the exact opposite where they couldn't actually do the coding challenge, but could do on the job. So like, I think the anxiety factor is a huge deal here. And if you can, whatever you can do to alleviate that is best. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up a great point that I think your goal should be to give people um, coding exercises or, or parts of the interview that uh, give you the best idea of how they would actually work um, in that environment. For example, like I've actually had test engineering interviews where the coding challenges had no testing in them at all. Like you weren't writing any test code, you're just writing like development. And to me, like that's not going to give you the candidates you want you know, like almost no matter what, right? Like uh, you're, you're just, you're basically um, asking people questions that are irrelevant to the job at that point, you know, just because just someone can, obviously code is code as Dershin likes to say a lot, which is totally true, but um, testing is its own skill set, and you're not going to get a good read on someone's ability to test by having them, you know, write a for loop or whatever, you know, it's like, that's kind of getting away from the skill set that you're really looking for. So it sounds like no one is anyone here against coding challenges. I, I couldn't tell the way you said it, Drew, made me wonder because you said you can't get away from it. But my question would be, would you want to get away? From it? I think there are some candidates that would personally, like because of the anxiety thing. Um, I don't think you can get away from like writing code. Uh, but, you know, some people might like a format where they're doing pair programming, like Randall said. Some people might prefer the format where they're on their own overnight. Some people might even prefer the timed uh, aspect, but I don't think everyone is the same. And that's why I think people might be against coding challenges, but 
um, you know, maybe you don't want to get away from it. I just think like what you want to get away from is missing out on good candidates, right? Whatever that means. Um, and if coding challenges aren't necessarily getting you the best candidates, then maybe there is a better approach. Um, but like, I think that's that's the important aspect of what you're trying to avoid, I guess. So I do, I think a lot of this goes back, to, I, I do waver on this a little bit, but um, I, have a, I guess my larger question is, I guess I have two questions here is one, do, does, the answer to this question vary from like what role you're you want to you're interviewing for or interviewing like would you would you if you were interviewing as like a junior candidate what kind of coding challenges would you expect if any or would you versus like maybe a senior role like where how do those vary in your guys's opinion and does what you're looking for in those coding challenges vary as an interviewer um based on that role because I think there's a wide, there's a yeah. wide spectrum here of what you're, when you talk about cutting challenges, that, that challenge itself will vary from role to role, yeah. I think. I think that's a really good point because as a hiring manager, I have, I have had to think about for senior candidates, putting a take-home type coding challenge. Uh, I want to do it because I want to alleviate any anxiety they might have for doing it, you know, live. But on the other hand, having a senior candidate who, you know, again, can get a job anywhere, I feel like, do I want to add, you know, one to two hour take-home assignment for them that maybe they see as um, insulting? I mean, I, I don't think they should, but, you know, people people do for whatever reason. If they think it's insulting, they don't have the time. And I, I have had to struggle. I, I have had to, I have struggled against it because I don't have an answer. And I'm sure we've missed out on good candidates because the process in trying to be empathetic had the opposite effect because you don't know about the person until you've interviewed them. You know, it's, I don't I have a, a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually hadn't have an example kind of, of this a little bit. Um, uh, it's and I wasn't necessarily like the, the senior candidate or whatever, but they, uh, their, their coding challenge was essentially they sent a, PDF to a two-page PDF of test code and said refactor like literally that's it like refactor this to be better essentially um and it was it was so like generic and the code was so bad to begin with and the fact that they sent a PDF like I just I didn't even respond to them like I didn't even like I was like okay this company is like not gonna be for me you know um and I think it's possible to run into that uh not just with senior candidates but just like you know, people that don't necessarily want to go through your crappy like interview process, um, because like if the interview process is bad, then the company could be bad too. You know, and that's I feel like how candidates are going to feel. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Drew. Um, maybe and while you were talking, made me think of another point: is like, do should or do companies inter interviewing should they compensate the interviewee? Like, if you have a grueling experience interviewing maybe it's hours long you've taken time out of your day maybe you're cutting challenges long too so should do you think there should be some kind of like I, and i say compensation meaning like not just lunch maybe like monetary compensation you know what, what do you guys think about that and obviously for junior candidates that's what an internship really is to some degree but yeah what i i how do, what does that look like for more senior candidates? That's a great question, Rick. So um, 
I feel like so there's an issue going on in the industry where uh, the the initial take home assignments, a lot of them are the lead code uh, based, right? We you've all heard of lead code or hacker rank. Hacker rank, lead code, yeah. Yeah, and ex exactly, and so those uh, uh, a lot of jobs. Um, who rely on those get candidates that study for those tests, right? So it ends up being a false positive. And then you, you have to either, uh, you know, further uh, interview people, right? To, to, to figure out, hey, well, yeah, you passed my lead code medium, but did you just study lead code? Or, you know, is this knowledge you're walking around with? And um, I feel like some companies in the industry are just coming up with harder and harder versions of the lead code of the hacker rank test um to to overcome the people who are studying for the test um and other uh companies in the industry are are using it as an example of like well how hard would you work to get in here right so some of those places that are idealized in our industry um that are part of a common acronym uh you know those places i think maybe they even used to see well how hard would you work to be here right uh we know you can study for this so study um, so, and then there's that, right? But I feel like, you know, for juniors, it's, I can't really expect you to have actual work under your belt, I, but I expect you to have a good foundation, right? So I'm going to test you on your knowledge of algorithms or your knowledge of data structures. And that was kind of the beginning of the lead code hacker rank stuff, or excuse me, um, uh, examinations. Uh, at the same time, um, you run into this issue with seniors where you could have somebody that has 10 years experience at one place, but due to maybe lack of mentorship and, uh, you know, and, and lack of exciting technology or projects, uh, it's really 10 years of year one experience. You know, it's all for loops to them, right? Um, so like, how do you balance that out with a technical interview? And I, I feel like for juniors, um, maybe not going the hacker rank route, but still giving them some kind of, you know, technical interview that checks what foundational abilities they have, what kind of coding they can do is appropriate. Whereas for more senior people, if the last thing you worked on is spring, let's write a really basic controller together. You know, it's, it's not a gotcha if you said you did it yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a really great, I, I feel like a really great way to see do you do this or are you just copy and pasting it from what somebody did before you? You know, that's, I, I think that's something that should be tested. I think uh, this brings up kind of the problem with coding challenges to begin with is that they don't necessarily match up with what the job's really like. I mean, it makes me wonder why absolutely. people don't try to format their interviews more for what, what the job would actually look like. For example, um, you know, maybe you give someone, maybe you have an existing repo that's just for interviewing, you know, it's not like your actual repo or anything, but it's, you know, some front end interface with the back end or something. And uh, you have like a feature, you tell them, you know, that you have three days or whatever to work on this feature and implement it. And then, you know, you see what they come up with. I've never really seen an interview format like that, but to me, like that would give you a better read on what your candidates will actually, you know, what, what, what their work will look like when they're actually working on your team. If you, you know, give them the kind of format that they would actually be working in rather than just like you have 20 minutes to write this one function, which is going to be hit or miss. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And it, it, it maybe you have to be a little bit flexible when you're looking for seniors. Um, you know, maybe there's 
it's it's a scenario where you know maybe they just brain fart on the controller but you know in the service layer they're just fine and that's indicative of yeah they've really seen this yeah what they say they've done they're doing um and they're not just you know copying pasting out of <laughs> stack overflow all day right um i i just yeah i i think i think there's pressure to maybe throw away a few good candidates um you know who had a bad day rather than get a candidate who really can't do the work you know or or is basically lied their way in right um because think about it think about it from a, a manager perspective dirshan uh if you had candidates that just really can't do it i mean how long does it take to replace that person? can you replace that person i mean hr is its own thing yeah it's it is false positives are worse than false negatives obviously you don't want false either <laughs> um but false positives and you know as i hate interview processes that you can cram for because interviews should not be treated as exams or tests and i there are a lot of really good companies doing that a lot of big companies treating interviews um, or at least they used to I, i don't know how that's changed with with all the changes in the market but treating interviews as some sort of exams where it's like oh you got this out of this instead of treating them as understanding where the candidates skill level is but i like to um to sort of go through this coder pad type stuff like on the phone having like live discussions of your code like why i want people to talk through their code and reveal sort of what they're what is going on in their brains why they're doing things that sort of goes through like did they just copy it from stack overflow do they understand what they're actually that's what i i like good experiences yeah. i've had is where i'm talking through or yep. hearing people talk through it yep i i some of the best experiences i've had are as a candidate i learned something from the interview or you know yes. whether i got an offer or not is irrelevant i'm like oh okay this and the this best is interviewer <laughs> i i as an interviewer i learned something from the person yeah. being interviewed too yeah this, I, we only have about four more minutes which i kind of hate because i kind of want to keep going but i wanted to ask jehoon because jehoon whether you know it or not you had probably one of the more customized and tailored interviewing experiences um what what did you think what what did you hate what did you not like what did you like what did you love i mentioned a little bit uh before uh you know the, the being candidate is is even though it's it's the physical time is a little short but uh actually it is quite long long process with a meet by meeting new people uh, hl technical people so it makes uh, for me actually is this makes me really nervous even though <laughs> i have a, a multiple years career so meeting uh, new people is always uh, uh, difficult but uh, that's why as i said before uh even within short time period and uh if you if i feel comfortable uh we can uh, uh candidate and then also the team members can share what team and company won and for the uh, short term long term wise and then by doing that the uh candidate can uh much much better express what they know and also uh within that short time period the capture oh this 
this team and company might be uh, is the what 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 the candidate want uh, for uh, following uh, number of years. So that's the really great. Uh, that's that's why I told the is uh, I'm not saying that the uh, the testing the technical aspect is is not important, but uh, it's between those two pieces of the. Uh, get to know each other and then sharing open uh, company teams perspective and also uh, by making feel comfortable the candidate uh, he can uh, share and open his potential as much as he yeah, can well, yeah let, let me ask you what did Absolutely. you think about yeah. so mm. you, you know you, you're talking about the mm. some of the normal steps that right. we have but mm-hmm. you had a couple extra steps one um, mm-hmm. was that we called it a hackathon it, but it was still kind of part of the interview in mm-hmm. a way what mm-hmm. did you think about that the hackathon i mean when you interviewed for the role you're in right now uh, did we go through yeah remember that was a really tough was, decision because i was like man i'm asking yeah. someone to spend that much time so either it was forgettable oh, and not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I don't know, but it, we, yeah. I think we did like an hour and yeah. a half or maybe two hours. Oh, I see, see, see. Project, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, it was, I mean, like in, from my, from my point of view, is it's, it's actually much uh, uh, meaningful time then uh, I can take a home and I can what is it the hackerlink uh, exam because you know within limited time of the homework uh, likely uh, coding test uh, those are like a hackathon time we uh, at least uh, uh, I can lo- I, I can listen what it's not really team's project but uh, might might not be the team's project but, but at least the uh, I can hear what uh, team members are uh, trying to approach. And also uh, I can express uh, what I'm thinking to team members. So that's the uh, really worst uh, time and, and uh, it's worse to do with a future com- uh, candidate. Okay, I'm, gl- I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it because mm-hmm. I struggled making... Mm setting that up because I didn't know how, I mean, obviously you accepted the offer, so it turned out okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, before that, it was a tough, tough call. I mean, I, it's, right. it's, right. you know, some of the other people on here were in that. I guess, what did you guys think as the interviewers in that part of it? Brick, you were there. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. This was, I'm, so, I'm sorry, though. You're going to want to edit this out. I don't remember this. Wow. That's <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> All right, like, it's been one and a half years. It has been a while. And like I was thinking, yeah. this sounds like a really good idea. That's amazing. <laughs> well, so at least it wasn't a bad experience, clearly. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, because well, yeah, it was yeah. it was also right around when COVID started. So we did that project to visualize COVID infection rates. Oh, yes, I remember this now. I my apologies, yes. Maybe it just didn't feel like an interview, so it wasn't yeah, even I, thought of. Maybe, maybe. You're, you're right. It was. It it's was positive. really. Yeah. It, I actually liked it a lot. It was really nice. Um, 
yeah, it was, yeah, I, you're right. It did not feel like an interview. That's probably why I sort of forgot about it, but mm. and it was around when COVID started. So there was a lot of other things happening at the same time, yeah. but um, yeah, that was actually, I um, really liked doing it. I do remember this now very well. And um, it was a really good way to work and meet Jihoon, but also not feel, have the pressure of being like the interviewer of like, it was just really good to get a feel for what it's like to work with someone else on a, on a day-to-day yes. basis. And I, th- I liked it a lot. And that is the end of part two. Hope you enjoyed the conversation and found some helpful tips that you could use when you're interviewing. Not sure exactly what the next episode will be about, but I think a big thing that came up in part two was the idea of knowing what you're looking for. And maybe we'll explore that a little bit more and see what people think about when they're evaluating roles. Anyway, thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time.